Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Uh, we have... Leighton's worried that people are being kicked out of their state houses. I know that doesn't sound like a very Leighton thing to be worried about, but... Mm. Uh, Kate Hawksby is worried about babies and cafes or worried about people who are worried about babies and cafes. But there, I feel like there was something else that happened yesterday. What, what was that? How are you now? Are you a bit relieved that this is done and dusted? Well, it's another big step. We've got a couple of weeks yet uh, in the chair, and then it'll be done and dusted. How tough was the decision? Oh, reasonably tough. Look, there's always a reason to stay on in politics. Uh, I... You know, lost the leadership 15 years ago, decided to stay on because I wanted to use the skills and lots of things I thought needed changed. This time round, we've got a, there's good reason. I mean, we've got a, a, a weak government because of the way it was put together. It's um, going to have trouble generating much momentum beyond more reviews and working groups. And, uh, you know, a, a busy, robust opposition could really uh, hold them accountable. Uh, however, I've made a personal decision uh, to move on to a life for me and, and as importantly, for my family outside of public life after 30 years of it. I thought you would stay a little longer. I thought you would go this term, but I thought you'd stay longer and allow a successor to come through. So what was the catalyst here, all the speculation about you going? Did you then rethink the whole thing? No, no I wasn't concerned about the speculation uh, already, I was already on a track then. Now again, look, just a personal decision. Uh, you know, the, uh, you're, you're, you know, maybe there was a, a reason to stay for another 12 months or whatever. But look, uh, we we know from when John Key left that the team develops when the the leader moves on, and uh, they, you know, the caucus is in pretty good shape actually. We had a couple of good days last week in Tauranga, talking about the path to 2020. And actually, I came away from that reassured that the caucus was in good shape. And if I went, they'd do a good job of a transition to another right, leader. Right. I don't know if I'm imagining it. it sounds a bit tired. Uh, Bill, yeah. Don't you reckon? Maybe I'm imagining it. Uh, what was the re- reaction from the general public? I would have put Judith Collins in way back when John Key first left, but it doesn't seem like she's um, got many fans within her own party. But that would have been my go-to. And then it would have taken the whole, like, now we're just putting someone in who can fight just in there. Like, she would have already been there. She would have already been a good fight. Hmm. Um, but I don't think it actually would have changed anything at the end of the day. Jacinda was always going to be the leader, like they changed it last minute. Um, I think Winston and would have always gone with her just because, like you say, she's got the mojo, she's got the hope thing going. Mm. Um, but now anyone that National puts in, I just feel like it's to fight Jacinda. And I just don't think that's going to work well. It's kind of like what you say, how Labour kind of did it and just floundered yeah. for I think a it would make na- I think it would make partisan National Party people very happy to see Judith Collins um, or anybody really ripping into Jacinda Ardern and having the mongrel and taking the fight and it yeah, would make them yeah. feel happy within themselves. But whether it would then sway people who have voted not for national to them, which is at the end of the day the game, I'm not yeah. sure whether that's the right thing. And so you might end out with the national party stronger uh, in terms of, of you know feeling feisty, but weaker in terms of popular support. I had a tough choice voting um, this time around because we're a, you know, my husband works, I stay at home with the kids, so we're kind of one of the working for family type family. I can hear it. We 
Yeah, he's screaming. I probably will have to go in a minute. But um, so we were going to do financially, we were going to do better off with Labour. Um, but I decided, you know, the good of the country and voted for national. And now next time I would really be in a bind because Jacinda does have the mojo and does lots for our family. But then, you know, I don't want to say mm. anything bad on radio, but Judith Collins is just a bit of a bad day. Mm. So, All right, Georgia, you, know? you, you, you and, and in three years' time, you're going to be three years older. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to ask you your age, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be a fairly important uh, demographic uh, for any party wanting to get into power. Yep. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, the all-important Georgie vote, they call it. No, they don't. I don't understand how these things work. I'm sure Marcus does. Hand on heart, from me to you, who is the person that you would least like to become the new leader of the National Party? And your reason. And let's see if we can find a reason that's not overly nasty. And not going to put me in the libel court. It might be someone that um, you have a visceral negative reaction to. Uh, it might be someone that you went to school with. Uh, it might be someone that has been your local MP. Although bearing in mind a lot of them these days are on the list. But the person who was one of the contenders or the contenders that you would least like to be the new leader of the National Party. Oh, wait. I hope, I kind of got to say, and I, I, feel a bit, I feel a bit sick saying this, but I kind of hope that um, Paula Bennett's not out of the picture. I've kind of enjoyed her transformation. I think I'm probably a lone voice on this one. Yeah, that's an interesting and yet possibly effective way to choose a new leader, isn't it? Go through the people you least want. Um, and then who's, whoever's left gets... I, isn't that how they did it last time? I feel like that might be how they did it last time. It, and then you end up with the person who perhaps you, nobody's ever heard of, so they don't have negative feelings towards. It's kind of like a reverse popularity contest, I guess. Um, hmm... Let's move on to other topics. Uh, Leighton Smith exercised about state housing. I'm not, going to say, I'm not saying it's going to happen uh, tomorrow or the day after, but I could see in a, in a couple of years, if this keeps rolling out the way that it is, that there will be people who will be put under pressure. Now, you mightn't call it force, but let's call it um, encouragement. Let's create incentives, whatever they might be. Uh, if, you've got a, if you've got a person who is living on their own in a three-bedroom house, they may have lived there for 40 years, whatever it is. If it's a state house, it's only one person. That's one thing, because they don't own the house. They've been privileged to have it. But if it's their house, they worked for it, they paid for it, they own it. You, for instance, and there's plenty of you listening that uh, fall into this category or something very close. Might be two of you in a four-bedroom house. You don't need that. You can downsize. So the council comes along under government diktat and says um, your rates are going up because uh, we're not making appropriate use of uh, the land that you live on, the house that you live in, the accommodation. And we have a problem and we're going to solve it and you're going you're to bear the brunt of it. This happens. This sort of thing happens in various places in the world when things are under pressure. Now, I, um, I don't look forward to um, anything like that happening at all. To me, nothing changes if you own the house 
if it's yours, we live in what we consider to be a free society. But if, and if you own it, it's yours. And if you want to live in it on your own because that's what you like doing, then damn it, it's yours. End of story. But there are governments and politicians who have different views. So over a period of time, this could happen. It's encouraging to me that I'm not the only one who fantasises about living alone. Sounds like Leighton be into that. Maybe we could share a very large house and just promise to never, ever, you know, run into each other. And that'd be almost like living alone. Uh, now, okay, there's some story about uh, some crying baby in some cafe somewhere, and this is one of those sort of trigger stories that gets people upset. Plight, someone wrote. It's not a plight. Why is she even in a cafe? Um, she wanted coffee? Travel anywhere in Europe and at any time of the day or night you will see babies and kids in restaurants and cafes. All hours. It's extremely common. Eating places are family places. If you prefer your flat white without humanity in all forms around you, maybe do drive through next time. Then there's the Snapchatting MP. As hipster as he may think he is uh, to have Snapchat, it really only is the domain of teenagers. It's their stock, trade and currency. It's how they communicate. They think nothing of it, but their parents do. And it was a parent who complained. We often complain about stuff we don't understand. That's fear for you. But the commenters raged. He's a creep. It's disgusting. Why? Are all men perverts now, are they? That reaction actually says more about you than him. He's a naive politician new to the platform of social media who thought it would be a good place to communicate. In fact, it wasn't even his idea. It was his team who suggested it in a bid to get their message out to young people. I believe Chris Bishop didn't even know they were 13 years old. Snapchat doesn't actually pop up with a notification announcing people's ages. The parents here may have been better served asking themselves why they're allowing a 13-year-old to have a public Snapchat account. Chris Bishop, of course, fixed it as soon as he got wind of it. So a word to the wise, read any adult public figures on Snapchat. Unless you are snapping pics of Kylie Jenner's new baby or a selfie with a crazy filter adjusting your face, your message will be lost. Better not to waste your time. On fire. Just absolutely on fire. Not just the crime cafe baby, but the Snapchatting MP... Just so across, and believe me, if there's one person whose advice about the use of social media I take seriously, it's Kay Hawksbeak. Nobody works the social like she does. I reckon she could give my kids a run for their money. Uh, I am Glenn ZB. That has been News Talk ZB for Valentine's Day. I will see you back here tomorrow. Have a romantic one. 